Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, that, uh, where we work to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers and, and to empower you to reinvigorate your church on the fathering front. We have a uh, pass the baton strategy and, uh, uh, all kinds of resources to help you lift up a core group of dads in your church and, uh, and start the mission, start the strategy to pass the baton well to the next generation. Uh, this podcast series, we're talking about kids and the Easter season. Why? Well, because uh, George Barna documented years ago in his uh, Parenting Revolution, uh, Revolutionary Parenting uh, book, that uh, families, uh, even uh, families that go to church, one in 10 families that attend church weekly have little to no discussion, spiritual discussion between Sundays. And that's an issue because what happens then, of course, is that our children catch the secular worldview that we're in versus a biblical worldview that we need to propagate. So the idea of initiating discussions, not only around scripture, but also just uh, in the day-to-day interaction with our kids, that we present a spiritual perspective, a biblical lens to view what's going on in the world. So we're going to be talking about uh, in this in this segment is uh, we're, we're talking about from the the resurrection or reconnection through resurrection into the revival that happened at Pentecost. So in the in the studio with me is Mr. Jason Hall. Jason, blessing to have you here. Thanks thank for joining us. Thank you so us. much. I'm so uh, blessed to be here. Well, uh, thank you for your insight on uh, this reconnection piece of the last segment. And now we're we're moving to the next level where we're, we're talking about uh, you know, where the disciples were in the room and then the, the great wind came up, the, the, the tongues of fire, it looked like tongues of fire lighting on each disciple that uh, the spirit indwelled in them at that yes. point in time. Now, I would, I would say that the, so there seemed to be, the, the scripture reads in Acts 2, 3 through 4, that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know, God-fearing Jews from every nation were gathered around the area, and they were all hearing the word in their respective language, which uh, that was just uh, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think of the, the importance of the connection across the language barriers. What what does that say? I mean, today that would be, there would be all races, all right. colors, all sexes, all, you know, the two, two sexes, all, right. both mm-hmm. sexes, uh, uh, the, the uh, status, you know, the economic status. What, what kind of connection are we talking about there for the first revival? Yes, it's so beautiful. It's, it's throwing all statuses out the door mm-hmm. and saying, you know, Jesus is king, Jesus is Lord. Mm. He's the one that the priority is focused on. You know, you th- as you name different things going on, it's like even language barriers. There's no barriers. Mm-hmm. It's just the spirit of God moving in a place. Mm. You know, this this is so rich. And you you think about it in the Old Testament, of course, is when they all spoke the same language that he said, "Hey, we gotta yeah. we gotta do something <laughs> about this tower at Babel, right? We're gonna get yes, in Babylon and yes. uh, and and get them speaking different languages, so they can't communicate very right. well. That that was a that was a breakup of a, mm-hmm. of a people that thought they could be their own gods. Yes. So here they're coming in now. He's he's coming in that uh, to uh, provide a connection uh, between mm-hmm. peoples that uh, is you know when we think about the very first uh, encounter that Jesus uh, uh, truly reconnected across all lines. How does that apply? What issues uh, would be similar today? Uh, as are there, is there any disconnect going on today? Oh yes, <laughs> there's a lot of di- 
lack of unity, <laughs> lack of oneness. There's, you know, all these different uh, religious divides, you know. Even within the church, right? Even within the church. That's the sad part. There's all these segments of Christ. There's mm-hmm. these segmented, you know, we do it this way, you do it that way. But in this, the Pentecost is like in one accord, mm-hmm. one faith, one Lord, one baptism, Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. when it talks about that. And I mm-hmm. think about the unity. The word says, um, scripture says, how beautiful it is to when brothers dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. And that unity is uh, what Jesus, you know, you know, God's all about is yes. the three in one is the unity Absolutely. of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit <laughs> in one God. I, you know, we talked about Easter egg rolls. I always thought that, you know, when kids have trouble, they say, how can you be three in one? And I don't know if I believe in the Trinity. I, I've seen a dad use that analogy with those hard-boiled eggs. He'd, he'd crack the shell and pull the shell, and there's a shell in one pile, and then he'd, he'd break the uh, white and separate mm-hmm. the yolk, set the yolk separate from the white. He says, is that one egg? Uh-huh. I like and there's, that. <laughs> there's like a, a revelation. And you can do that with a peach, too, or you can do that with oh, an apple. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> there's three in one all over the place when you right. think about it. Oh. it. So the Trinity is a, that's the ideal unity that we are one in the triune nature of our of our God. Now, uh, but the 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 but that doesn't mean that we're to be unified in in discord, right? right and we right, have to we have so. to what uh, what was the power that uh, I mean, obviously it's a Holy Spirit, but right. what was unique about everybody just finally tuning in? Although uh, I think there was a, the, you know, when, when Peter stood up uh, and it raised his voice and he found a newfound boldness with the indwelling Holy Spirit, uh, but the crowd started to make accusations. They were trying to dis- create discord now, uh, accusations that they were drunk. Now, how, how, would, how would Peter address that? How, how, you know. Yes, that's great. Um, you brought that up. So they did, when they were addressing him and they were like, oh, they must be drunk, they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. God was moving in a way they didn't understand. I think that relates sometimes even when our children are watching or they're asking questions like, well, I don't understand that, Dad. Maybe there's something um, a dad is listening right now and he doesn't understand, you know, the move of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think those accusations came from lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Proverbs says, in all that getting, get understanding. But also the, the lack of spiritual maturity the lack of um, comprehension of the spirit. And if you're not in tune, you wouldn't know. Mm. You wouldn't know how God is moving. So they didn't understand it. They didn't know. They didn't comprehend it because of where they were spiritually as well. Uh, I'm not sure Peter understood it. Oh, either. yeah. <laughs> no, probably <laughs> not. Said, who is this yeah. guy? And uh, these words are coming out of my mouth. But I don't, right. you know, it's just pretty bizarre yeah. when, they, when you think about it. But he was... But he was completely obeying. I mean, this was a new, you know, Peter wasn't rebelling at this juncture. And it was the last of his, you know, he he completely uh, uh, learned submission to what the Holy Spirit had to say through him. So he he brought together uh, what they, they, uh, the idea that uh, that the, the, the courage to, to pass on uh, this, this whole dimension, everything they knew about Christ, you know, because you think, the Jewish leaders were still around. Right, they were right, still there. Right. So they were hiding from them at that, up to that juncture, but now they're out there. Mm-hmm. And he's not afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now, that boldness and that courage had to come, obviously, from the Holy right. Spirit, but also by the obedience of, of Peter saying, you know, it, it's like everything came into focus at once. It, right. 
Jesus really meant what he said. He was who he said he was. And now he has empowered us to take this yes. movement forward. Now, uh, again, the movement forward wasn't exactly in line with what Peter might have thought. You know, he mm -hmm. was wanting to draw the sword and take out some people. But it was another whole dimension of his words and his speaking. So what, what kind of courage can we draw from that as dads uh, in, yes. in this whole idea? As a dad, you know, uh, I think the courage we can draw from that is through building our relationship with Christ. Mm. We grow stronger. We mm. grow more confident in him. Um, the connections are made as Peter was seeing these different things going on, and it was cumulative of his um, this seeing this Pentecost, right, and seeing these results of God through his relationship with God. I think as you serve God, you pray, you believe, you read your Bible, then it, it's like a muscle. It builds. It's like a muscle of faith, mm. and it builds. And as a dad, you can see that, oh, yes, God is really at work. Mm. And so this makes you stronger in what you believe and then you're able to be a more effective father to mm -hmm. your children and your children see that faith and that faith is contagious absolutely now uh, with that how many uh, dads in your circles do you know that have read the scripture all the way through yes not many to be honest <laughs> just a few <laughs> Couple. Well, I was, I was challenged 30, 25, 30 years ago. Uh, the pastor asked me if I knew Jesus. I said, yeah, I've been baptized. He said, that's not what I asked. He said, do you know Jesus? I said, Pastor, I'm here every Sunday. That's not what I asked. Have you read his book? I said, I only read man-sized books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a big book here. He said, start with man-sized pieces. Start with Romans, read through that's Jude, good. go back to yes. uh, Mark, read through uh, Matthew, read through the Acts, Matthew, Mark, yeah. Luke, and John, and Acts. And then go back to Genesis and read through Revelation. That's what I did. And I, 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 okay, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That uh, and once you do that, mm -hmm. you begin to see that it ought, ought to all be in red ink because it's yes. all about Jesus, right, yes. uh, from the get go. And uh, but but that's the knowledge. I think that is like uh, that whole knowledge, the whole picture of everything that he had learned as a Jewish boy, uh, right. Peter, that uh, that uh, the Lord just brought into complete focus. And he's ready mm. to carry it forward with all the boldness that goes on with that. So he went on and uh, it says that mm. uh, those who accepted his message were uh, baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's, wow. that's why I call it first century revival. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 3,000 people baptized in that, mm. in that day. So, uh, you know, uh, the, have you been a part of a revival at a church? Or have you seen that? Yes. Kind of what, tell us a little bit about that energy. Oh, wow. I think about when I used to live in Maryland, mm -hmm. and we went on a, a three-day revival. A lot of lost folks up there in that D.C. Yeah. land. Oh, yeah. Oh, plenty. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no. Lost folks everywhere. <laughs> yeah, everywhere, right? Um, you know, they had worship and prayer and praise, and it was powerful. A lot of um, just the focal point was the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. and, and God, it felt a freedom. Mm. You know, there's a freedom of worship, and mm -hmm. it was intentional. Mm -hmm. I think it was intentional. And for me, I was really touched. Mm -hmm. I needed that revival of my heart, of my mind, of my soul. And I just think about how um, I didn't have any distractions. Mm -hmm. I was just focused on the Lord, mm -hmm. and it felt good. And was that an event at your church, or was that— uh, That was a church that one of our sister churches okay. we were attending, okay. yeah. Have you followed the Asbury uh, University? Yes, absolutely. I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the history of Asbury, that they've had revivals since 1905? They I didn't know all They've that. had a number wow. of uh, revivals. Okay. The, the, the one they were actually, they actually, uh, in 
1970, they had mm -hmm. a large, it was like two weeks of uh, uninterrupted revival. Wow. And then, of course, wow. this most recent one yes. in February of 2023, uh, there were three weeks plus yes. of uninterrupted, you know, where they just testimonies, yes. uh, baptisms, uh, accepting, you know, just just a thousand and then of course they've also uh, got teams that go out to other universities right. around the country I think that that's been uh, quite a uh, quite a uh, you know, at one point this little town of Wilmore Kentucky where yeah. Edward is, <laughs> yeah. had like uh, uh, I want to say uh, what's the numbers I, I forget what it was I want to say tens of thousands of people Yes. descending on the city of about 6,000 folks. Wow. So it, it, was, it was too much to handle. Yes. You know, so they had to do some, some changing around. Uh, but uh, there's also uh, the, the Irwin brothers. Are you familiar with uh, the, you know, the, the, the Kendrick brothers and the yes. Irwin brothers? Are, uh, they bring uh, well, a Christian worldview to the theater. Oh, and, yes. Uh, the Irwin brothers, the difference between the two is the Irwin brothers focus on true stories. Mm. And uh, and the uh, Kendrick brothers, uh, they bring powerful stories, right. but they're not necessarily life story. You know, not true. Right. Not, they're tied to true stories, but not necessarily... Uh, but but the Irwin brothers bring uh, re you know recreate the situation mm -hmm. like the I can only imagine was oh, uh, yeah. was the uh, singer in the Mercy Me and yes. his story and where that song came from and a very beautiful uh, depiction and uh, the movie I would highly recommend but their their latest one because we are promoting Christian films here <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but the latest one is called the Jesus Revolution oh yeah and oh, yeah. have you seen it yes I absolutely yeah. loved it <laughs> okay they're re they're reenacting the uh, or recreating the uh, the movement in the late 60s, early 70s in Southern California. Yes. It, they, it's really a Greg Laurie story, Pastor Greg Laurie, but mm -hmm. it's also about uh, the street preacher, uh, I, uh, I guess Lionel, Lionel Frisbee, or Frisbee's oh, yeah, last yes. name. And it's he's played by the same gentleman that played Jonathan Romy, yeah, Rumi, that yeah. Jonathan Rumi, that plays uh, Jesus and the Chosen. Mm -hmm. He's the street preacher, and then... Uh, 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 Kelsey Grammer, uh, Grammer, I think that's right. Kelsey Grammer yes. is the is the uh, Calvary pastor, but they they bring to light and and there's just that whole idea that that, that God's it seems God's up to something with with the Asbury revival and Jesus Revolution yes. coming in and, and then the Easter season coming in here. There's a lot we can talk about uh, with yes. our kids, and I, I I love the the four facets that God uh, puts together in Second Chronicles seven. He says, "If my people who are called by my name humble themselves." Mm -hmm. and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land how how do we plant that uh, I mean we can sit here and say oh the church needs revival and what have you but but really this is always a very personal level how do we yes. relate that in family to our kids sure sure and I love how the scriptures talk about humility first of all to humble ourselves, that's the very thing that Jesus did. He humbled mm. himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Mm. And thinking about um, humility in the home. As mm. men, as fathers, as dads, we need to be humble in our home and show the love of Christ and show the humility and obey God and do the very things he says. The, our children will see these examples and they'll wanna live more like Christ because mm -hmm. of what we do. Mm -hmm. And so God has put us as earthly examples of a spiritual father, right? Mm -hmm. But we can only do so much. Mm -hmm. As we talked about earlier in other episodes, we need to bring in the heavenly father and we need to allow him to fill in the gaps and the voids. But as we are reading the scriptures, we're thinking about praying 
and seeking his face, right? Prayer, it's a simple thing. Humble, it's not simple to be humble, but <laughs> it's simple in his word, right? Mm -hmm. Humble, seeking his face, praying, asking God, humbling ourselves, seeking his face and turning from our wicked ways. These children will see this model and they will say, you know what? It's got to be something higher than dad. Mm -hmm. It's got to be someone greater than dad. It mm -hmm. must be the Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. So that, that prayer is a big piece as well. Big. Then. So <laughs> I, I think I read uh, the, the, uh, every, every revival starts with a prayer, a small group Absolutely. in prayer or an individual mm -hmm. in prayer. And that uh, moves forward from there, seeking his face. And then that, that tough thing about repentance. That, uh, yes. <laughs> that, that's real easy to do, huh? <laughs> sure it is. No way. <laughs> repentance and turn in the other direction. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I was always taught, you know, not just, you know, repentance means you're turning the other direction. You're actually running away and you're not doing it anymore. That's what I always taught in the church. So. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> confession is one thing, but the right. repentance is, is taking that confession to heart. And getting away from whatever Amen. the distraction is, so that uh, so so when it comes to exemplifying this in your home, I mean that uh, at the end of the day, we're we're really calling for, I mean I I am calling for revival in the heart of every dad, yes, and then in the home of every family. So so how how does that initiate at a very personal level? How how do you in, instill the idea of constant revival going on in your home? I love that question. So daily, um, as a dad, I have to do a devotion. Mm. You know, every morning you I mean have your to, kids catch you reading the Bible and doing devotions? They have caught me reading the Bible and doing devotions. <laughs> they have. Yeah, so like, Busted. Dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? Reading the Bible? Really? You know, like, you actually do that? It was funny because they caught my wife doing it one day, too. Like, you actually read the Bible? Yeah, we actually read the Bible by ourselves, not just in church. So, but yes, um, on our knees, on my knees, praying as a dad, um, being vulnerable unto God, mm -hmm. confessing like, Lord, I need you. I cannot mm -hmm. do this without you. Mm -hmm. And I think the kids, when they see that, then they say, oh, man, dad is really serious about his relationship. It's something about when a dad is humble. And a dad is vulnerable unto Christ. And a dad is raising his hand in worship. It's different. It hits different for children because they're not used to uh, seeing us in those kind of positions. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage dads to humble yourself. Raise your hands um, in worship. Bend your knees. Go on the floor. Whatever it takes. And if your kids see you, great. But number one, the father's going to see you. Mm -hmm. And so when the father sees you, the children know what's going on. They're watching. <laughs> They're watching around the corner. And so it's just a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I love to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I guess that's where I was looking at you. As a nation, we're in dire need of Amen. revival. Absolutely. But, but we can't look out and say, well, if we only just elected the right person or we only got the right leader right, here. Right. We have to understand we're the leader. Yes. We're the, there's a leadership void in homes today in homes. so how how we step in and how we step take a responsibility for revival it's it, it is where it starts is in the in the heart uh any uh, final tips or an encouragement for dads that during this easter season when we're when we're experiencing the high of that right. Easter <laughs> Sunday morning service, and of course uh, uh, here we're talking about more of the Pentecost, and that is the the the, the realization mm -hmm. that uh, that the Holy Spirit. I mean, we 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 now have not only the power of the resurrected Christ in us, mm -hmm. we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. 
There's nothing the devil can do to us that we don't allow him to do, right? Right. So uh, what's your encouragement uh, for dads as as we uh, move through this Easter season and and uh, get on with, you know, by the time they hear this podcast, we're moving on into uh, into April and May and and uh, but we're moving that Easter season forward throughout the years. Like like Christmas in July, it should yes. be Easter year-round, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what's your encouragement for dads to really capitalize on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, the energy behind Easter to uh, carry the word forward? Right, great question. So what we can do is as dads right now is the greatest opportunity to expose our kids to Christ, right? Whether they know Christ or not, we can put them in environments Go take your children to see Jesus Revolution. Mm. Go go um, take your kids, sit on the couch and watch The Chosen with your children. Mm. Um, open up the scriptures, pray with them. There's so many opportunities. Take them to the Easter egg hunt. Take them to the, to the community outreach. There's so many opportunities to have other people involved in your children's faith. Because as a dad, when you invite Christ in, the power of God can move and their revival can come mm. in your home. So that they, the same thing that happened at Asbury, the same thing that happened at Pentecost, can happen in your home, Dad. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you, you got it, Dad. That's our job yes, as we uh, wrap up this series is to, to be a Jesus representative, to allow revival to come into your heart and then be contagious. There are options to the video games and the movies kids are watching today to get them involved, go see good Christian movies, see what's mm -hmm. available on, on the television, as well as uh, service projects and other opportunities you can step into a church. But it starts, Dad, in your heart and your mind to turn to Jesus the Christ. So that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Jason, thank you so much for committing the time to be with us. We, uh, we love that you're here, and uh, thank you for your words of wisdom. My great pleasure. Thank you all so much. God bless. Godspeed.